Ugh, summer is in full effect, and across America, it is so hot everywhere. 87 today in Schenectady, 92 in San Francisco. It's almost cooler down here in sunny Florida than it is everywhere else, thanks to the jet stream. But if you know anything about the show's folklore, you know I'm not one to complain about how hot it gets, if only because I can't stand the cold. According to researchers at Stanford University and the University of California, Berkeley, though, it seems some folks can't take the heat as they've found more people are likely to take their own lives as the planet warms. What they've found is that warm weather itself probably has a direct effect on a person's mental well-being. They found this by analyzing 866,000 suicides here in the U.S. since 1968 and then checking that to corresponding rises in temperature. The only explanation they found is that there's some sort of underlying biological response to hotter temperatures. They thought previously that people were unhappy in the cold and the dark, but the study indicates that the link between heat and suicides was equally discernible in warm and cold climates. So they're estimating that suicide rates will climb as much as 1.4% in the United States through 2050. But what I found more interesting than that was the researchers observed more than 600 million Twitter posts to evaluate moods in different kinds of weather. And what they found was for every 1.8 degree Fahrenheit increase in temperature, or one degree in Celsius for my worldly listeners, that raised the likelihood of a depressive tweet, one that contains such words as lonely or suicide, by as much as 1%. So I'm wondering if the rise in temperatures is what's making kids today use the phrase, go kill yourself. Because back in my day in the 80s, when America was great and the country was cool, the worst kids would say was so sue me because we've always been a very litigious society. But you know what? I'm going to cut the kids some slack because some of them might be on the ledge. So instead, let's today talk about DIY armories, females flying, and red hot fire while we fan the flames and get stoked, joshing around. Unbeknownst to me, a years-long legal battle has been being waged over our right to download the plans to make a 3D-printed gun. The battle's finally over, and guess what? We won! Yay! Now you can go to Defense Distributed's website and download any number of guns, including the one that started it all, the Liberator 380, designed by Cody Wilson in 2012. Those were the plans he immediately placed online, where it was downloaded over 100,000 times before federal officials blocked his site, citing international export law. Well, the State Department and Defense Distributed have reached a settlement agreement, which means you can now start printing guns today. Today is relative to when you're listening to the show because I overstated just a bit. The settlement doesn't go into effect till August 1st, but come then, you'll be able to download the plans for as many 3D guns as you want. Now you're probably asking, where do I find a 3D printer? Well, if you're near me, you can go to the Brevard County Library's central branch where they have a 3D printer for patrons to use. All you have to do is bring in the plans and they'll print whatever you want for 15 cents a gram. So you can get your own Liberator 380, but unfortunately you can't print an AR-15 because it's just longer than the 11 by 17 inch tray stand can handle. Though as we talked about on Wake Up Prague this morning, you could print a Czechoslovakian VZ-58 assault rifle if you saw it off the buttstock. All you have to do is go to Defense Distributed's website at defdist.org today and you can get out from underneath the government's control by pressing control P on a gun printed in 3D. Oh no, it seems the delicious kid snack cracker goldfish has been caught up in the Ritz salmonella scandal. 
But fear not, it's none of the regular varieties, just those that have been flavor blasted and are now marketed as being extra. Whereas a teen in Tennessee had her gallbladder removed because as her mom said, she's eaten hot Cheetos and Takis every day for a number of years. They're blaming the hot Cheetos on the gallbladder trouble, though doctors say that's not a specific ailment, though nobody should eat that many hot Cheetos and Takis. The report goes on to say that in 2012, hot Cheetos and Takis burned up the snack world, but we all know that that's because of the YN rich kids. Today marks the 121st birthday of female aviation pioneer Amelia Earhart. But on July 2nd, 1937, just hours after Earhart's plane disappeared over the Pacific Ocean on the most challenging leg of her flight around the globe, she now sat surrounded by knee-deep water in the cockpit of her airplane, marooned on the reef of Gardner Island, calling out a desperate radio transmission. That signal apparently was only heard by a Texas housewife, Mabel Larimore, who had stumbled upon the message from Earhart while scanning her home radio. Then, 12 hours of silence. And while scientists continue to work on a time machine so that they can go back and mansplain flying to Miss Earhart, Richard Gillespie has been putting together a catalog of all the various radio calls Earhart made before she became truly marooned on that island. And it seems that she made more than a hundred calls, 57 of which were determined credible by Gillespie. My mother-in-law, another of my female heroes, has flown back to her home in Birmingham and with her go the 1.5 liter bottles of E&J Gallo's wine. I'll miss them all equally. You know, I always learn so much from her on this trip she definitely taught me the importance of drinking from the gallows here and there. Because quite honestly, my wine tastes have escalated to a level where I can no longer afford the habit. To meet the needs of my daily alcoholic intake, I've begun to dabble back in beer. Now, if you're thinking craft beer, think again, because I prefer a nice crisp American lager or maybe something influenced by the old world as well as I found out at Epcot's Food and Wine Festival last year, upon ordering a lager beer from a cast member on the German exchange who responded back, ah, yeah, lager beer, yeah, oh, and he was right, it was darn good. More specifically, I like those Asian lager beers, anything that's been influenced by where white men have waged war and left behind a Budweiser or something similar. So give me a Tiger Beer if I'm in Singapore, or maybe even a Kingfisher in India, though I know that has more British influence than otherwise. I'll have a Sapporo, whatever you've got that's close to Bud, but not the King, because I don't get down with the Monarchs when I'm drinking. Currently, I'm drinking Cronenberg 1664, a French pale lager, which is a pretty good beer, but I find myself drinking it either to celebrate France's victory in the World Cup or to help me forget all this soccer knowledge I picked up along the way. Back to those American winemakers, Ernest and Giulio Gallo, I want to point out that during Prohibition, in their teenage years, the boys were simple grape farmers. But upon the repeal of Prohibition in 1933, when Ernest was just 24 years old, the brothers ponied up $900 together, borrowed an additional $5,000 from Ernest's mother-in-law, and started a winery. 
even though they were competing against larger, more established and better financed companies, and they were in the middle of a depression, the brothers sauntered on. Fast forward to 2007 when Ernest Gallo passed away. He had amassed a fortune of more than $1.2 billion, and E&J Gallo was the country's largest winery with a 25% share of the American wine market. With that in mind, when it comes to your success, stop whining and do something great. Last night at the house, we grilled some burgers, or as celebrity chef Bobby Flay would call them, personal meatloafs, because I added more than simply salt and pepper. Boy, did I ever. Before pressing into patties, I added some beer, Worcestershire sauce, a little salt and pepper, and a dash of spicy vinegar to those burgers, and the meat got a little moist. So from there, I needed to add some breadcrumbs, but alas, all we had were Italian-style breadcrumbs, and that's a spicy burger. So instead, I found some Ritz crackers. Luckily, before the outbreak, mashed them together, put a little of those in there, and the next thing you know, oh, my personal meatloaf was so mouthwatering indeed. Before we tasted the burgers, though, a disaster needed to be averted, as the patties themselves may have been a little too juicy, dripping down on a grill that could have used a good cleaning. So just after I flipped the burgers and applied a mound of blue cheese to the top, I put the grill down and then noticed close to a red hot glow coming out from underneath. When I opened it up, there was a backdraft style fire that engulfed me and dispersed with my eyebrows quickly. I had to think of what to do and first save the meat, that's true. So I grabbed them with a spatula, hot and fast, put them on a plate, brought them inside and screamed to the wife, where might the fire extinguisher be? She located it hot and fast and I made it back to the grill that was now not just burning a yellow orange, but instead a flaming red hot heat, much like the emoji everybody uses next to that 100 hot fist fire. There it was pummeling, pluming out of the grill, getting dangerously close to our pergola that's attached to my roof. My wife brought me the fire extinguisher. I pulled the pin, aimed it right at the grill, and then nothing. I looked at the side and found that it needed to be recharged, which I knew months ago, but when would I ever use a fire extinguisher? So I went around the side of the house, got the garden hose, and sprayed it down fast. Luckily, it wasn't a heavy grease fire because it did go out, and we were able to enjoy those delicious burgers without calling the Beachside Fire Department. Or maybe that makes me a member of the Beachside Fire Department. BFD all day, y'all. And while just the thought of it gives me a feeling of powerful excitement, with that power comes the responsibility to provide a BFD PSA. Remember to charge your fire extinguishers and stay current on your homeowner's insurance because you never know when an oops or an oversight is going to come back to bite you in the end. For now, though, we've bit into the butt end of this episode. I hope it's not too hot where you're hearing this because I realize I've given means and motive to create a mind-blowing opportunity. If you're getting hot under the collar, turn down the temp and tweet at Joshua around. Better that than hanging with the gallows. Then find your fire and take aim no matter what Bobby Flay says. Remember to ensure your safety, keep your ear to the ground and your heart true until we once again cease our radio silence with the sounds of joshing around. That was the end of the show, yet here we are again with another postscript, which is simply me introducing a call-in from Maddie Pace, the one and only Maddie Mo, my unofficial motivation coach from the Maddie Mo Show. I want to say first, thank you so much. This call means the world to me. 
And also, I'm going to start playing more call-ins here at the end of the show. So feel free to call in anytime you want, anchor.fm slash joshingaround, and I'll do my best to make your voice heard. What was that, Maddie? My man, Joshin' Around, always has the ultimate sound, putting it down, getting the waves opened up and shaking the ground. My friend, I just want to come at you live and give you a little, a little love. You know why? Because I just love tuning into your show. I tune into it often. I always have to make sure I at least catch Joshing Around at least a few times a week. As you may know, if you look at, at the View listeners section of your podcast, my friend, you have something special. You need to be blown up. And I don't mean physically blown up like a missile or rocket launcher or grenade or granada, as me hermano would say. But I mean, you need to blow up on the webs, my friend. You are amazing. Keep killing it. I love your show. You got pizzazz. You got all the spaz. You got all the ass. You know what I'm saying? And you fresh as the Ritz, baby. I just wanted to come through and show some love, as always, to my man Josh and around. Bang, bang.